Hey runner, are you wondering what is causing my knee pain with running? This is the most common injury that I see in runners and this is going to be a very special episode for you. Um, Do you get achy knee pain when you run up hills or you go downstairs or you do squats um, or you go to stand up after sitting at your desk for a couple of hours? Are you a runner who's been frustrated in the past that whenever you try to increase your speed or your distance, you get injured, frustrated, and you're not able to run? So you may have started reading about runner's knee and thought you should just ice, rest, stop running. Who wants to do that? Let's be honest. And do some stretches. This all sounds great, but the problem is when you start running again and building up your long runs, that same pain comes back and now you're just running through it because you don't want to stop again. So in this special episode, I had the pleasure of being a guest on one of my favorite running podcasts, Marathon Training for Beginners, um, and chatted with Harrison Crum, my main man on specific strategies to get back to running without knee pain and to keep it from coming back. So the things that Harrison and I talked about was really what is runner's knee? Why do runners get runner's knee? What are the symptoms of runner's knee? Is there treatment for runner's knee? Like, do you need surgery? Um, Should you use a knee brace, right? Those are all things that we covered. Um, So I shared some specific actionable strategies that you can do to get rid of runner's knee. And then most importantly, how to prevent it from coming back. And these have been the true, tried, tested strategies that have kept all the runners I work with on a one-on-one basis um, running during their recovery and finally saying peace out to that knee pain for good. So I think you're going to like this episode a lot. Make sure that you grab your free copy of the ultimate guide to crushing your miles without knee pain in the show notes. And you can get the exercises of the videos that Harrison and I talked about. Um, And also check out all of the amazing content on Marathon Training for Beginners uh, podcast they, ha- they talk about marathon training, running, lifestyle, first-time marathon, new runner, beginner runner, 5K, 10K, all of that fun stuff. Subscribe to their show. Um, I'm sure you will love the um, information that Harrison and Mo, his wife, share on there, as well as what they share on their at Crummy Marathoners Instagram page. Check them out. You guys won't be disappointed. They are an awesome duo who are doing great things for beginner runners. So without further ado, here's the episode I had with Harrison doing a deep dive on runner's knee. I hope you guys enjoy. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to this second 
part of this series with Dwayne Scotty. Dwayne, thank you so much for joining us again. Hey, Harrison. Thanks for having me again. I'm super excited to talk about runner's knee, the most common running-related injury out there. And everything we're going to talk about today is going to certainly, certainly help any of you frustrated runners out there who have been experiencing uh, this knee pain. Well, I just have one big question when it comes to runner's knee, and that is, do we often tie a lot of other knee injuries to runner's knee? In other words, runner's knee is taking the fall for a lot of different things because I think I've had runner's knee, but I can't know for sure. Yeah. So there are some different classifications out there, Harrison. When we when we talk about runner's knee, really what we're talking about is this condition that we call patellofemoral pain syndrome or PFP syndrome. Uh, basically what we're talking about is kneecap pain. And I think that's probably good to good place to start and differentiate. You know, we had talked about in part one, IT band syndrome, and that was very localized on the outside part of the knee. You will read in some places where everyone just kind of clumps everything together and they call IT band syndrome runner's knee. And really for our purposes, what we're going to talk about today is really this patellofemoral pain syndrome. And I know it's a lot of words. Um, I will simply refer to it as kneecap pain. And the other differentiator that I do want to throw out there is there are some that have what we call kneecap instability or patella instability. So the patella is your kneecap bone. Um, that's going to be slightly different to what we're going to talk about today. A lot of the things we're going to talk about today will actually help someone who has patella instability, but patella instability is usually more common in younger, middle school, high school aged females, um, usually the soccer players or any like lacrosse players doing cutting sports and their kneecap constantly slips out of place. So it has too much mobility. The majority of your listeners, honestly, um, us adult onset runners will have more of a patellofemoral pain syndrome, which is more the classic runner's knee that we're going to talk about today. Gotcha. And I see a lot of runners, they'll talk about getting a, a knee pain kind of below the kneecap, uh, sometimes on the outside, sometimes directly below, but not actually on the kneecap. What would you call that? Oh, excellent. Yeah. So that is more patellar tendon pain or what we call patellar used to be called tendonitis. Now we call it tendinopathy uh, just because we know that it's usually not a result of inflammation. It's more of a chronic irritation of the tendon, but that could occur in some runners. Um, that's what most people refer to as jumper's knee. So that is most common in your jumping sports, right? So like basketball, volleyball players, um, gymnastics, the, that's very common, but you can have some runners that have pain and that's very localized. Like what we talked about in part one of IT band syndrome, where you point to the outside, you could put your finger on it. Patellar tendon pain, you can literally point to it. So you put your finger right on it, like you said, right below your kneecap, and that is patellar tendon pain. And that treatment will definitely be different than what we're going to talk about today. Okay, got it. I just want to make sure that nobody's confusing the two. So we're talking here, runner's knee right on the kneecap or kind of around the kneecap, right? Yes, absolutely. So this is more on the front of your kneecap. It's you cannot put your finger on it. Like most runners, when they say, you know, where, where do you have your pain? You're like, 
you just take your whole hand and you just kind of put it on the front of your knee because it feels like it's underneath your kneecap or it feels deep. You can't, it, it's not pinpoint. You're like, yeah, it's kind of under there. It's just in this general area. That's kind of how it feels. Um, and what is it, Harrison? It's really just the irritation of the cartilage on the undersurface of the kneecap. So under your kneecap, if you were to like take your kneecap off and flip it over, there's cartilage that lines that bone. And that cartilage can become irritated mainly due to, usually due to kind of abnormal tracking, let's say. So if you think about your kneecap being the train on the tracks and the tracks are essentially your femur bone or your thigh bone, right? It's the longest bone in our body is your thigh bone and your kneecap sits on the track. And there could be a problem with the train. So the kneecap itself, but most likely what the research is now showing us is that it's more of a problem with the track itself, meaning your femur bone. And that doesn't mean you have a bone problem, but it's the alignment or the movement pattern of that femur bone, which is related to the hip muscles or below the knee at the foot and ankle. So poor foot and ankle alignment or weakness of your hip muscles will cause that track to kind of be misaligned, if you will. And then the train is now rubbing in an area that it's not really comfortable and used to rubbing and that causes irritation and then we feel pain. Gotcha. So I think a lot of people, when they think about the kneecap and this cartilage that you described, at least I do, I think about the more I run, the more this is grinding and it's grinding away the cartilage. And, and that's why people, I think say running is bad for your knees, but can, can you debunk that? Or is there some truth to that? No, running is actually not bad for your knees. And this has been shown in the literature time and time again, Harrison. There are some large scale studies that actually show that runners have a less incidence of getting knee osteoarthritis or wearing away the cartilage, which will eventually lead to like a total knee replacement. So running actually does not cause cartilage. If anything, it actually protects our cartilage more because you're doing an exercise that actually nourishes the joints and it brings in fluid to the joints, which nourishes your cartilage. And over time, that actually keeps us healthier. So running is uh, definitely not bad for your knees. That is an old wives' tale, and it's like going outside without a coat will not cause a cold, right, or for you to get sick. Uh, running will not uh, cause your knees to get arthritis. Okay. All right. So I'm feeling better about that. I'm not grinding away my, uh, my kneecaps here, but I do understand what you're saying. When you say the train and the train track, the way I'm understanding it is if your glutes are weak, you're kind of dropping your, your hip the way that you shouldn't. And so then maybe your, your leg and your knee is kind of pointing inward rather than straight or outward, right? Is that, did I say that right? Or Absolutely. Man, Harrison, you are on your A game today. I love it. Yes. I'm ready to go to PT school here. Yes, you are. Absolutely. Indeed. And that was great that you said kind of your glutes. And this really goes back to part one. We were talking about what IT band syndrome and the importance of that side hip muscle and the gluteus medius. That muscle is super important for patellofemoral pain syndrome as well. But the other muscle, and the reason I'm going to emphasize this is because this, as well as the gluteus medius, is definitely not a muscle that anyone ever thinks about isolating. And these are your deep hip rotator muscles. They're the deeper, smaller 
hip muscles underneath your glute max. So that huge muscle, your butt muscle, underneath that muscle, there are these little small hip rotator muscles. The most common one that you might have heard of is your piriformis muscle. And that muscle, if it's weak and it's not being utilized, then that's going to cause your femur bone to roll inward and rotate inward. And that rotation inward, again, is going to cause that kneecap to kind of track abnormally. Interesting. Then let's talk about treatment because the the pain seems to be pretty straightforward. Uh, It's kind of an achy pain, right? Can it hurt to the touch a little bit? I don't know if we talked about that. Not really, honestly. It, it, It doesn't hurt to touch. And so there is no area like when you see a runner in the clinic, you know, we palpate the knee and we, you know, poke around. There's no specific area that's painful unless, you know, there's a test where we slide your kneecap under and we try to get up and under the kneecap and kind of palpate that cartilage or the joints underneath. And that could be irritable, but someone wouldn't do that on themselves. But the biggest thing is, you know, you have this condition if you get this achy pain that's just in the front of your kneecap area that increases when you go up and down stairs, when you kneel on the knee, when you squat, or when you get up from a low surface, especially when you've been sitting for a long period of time. So they actually used to call this like moviegoers knee when people used to actually go to movie theaters before Netflix and COVID. And yeah. you know, remember those times when you like sit in a movie for like three hours and then you go to get up and that increased the pain. So if you do have a desk job and you're at your computer grinding away all day and you're sitting in a low chair surface and then you get up and your knees feel achy right in the front of the kneecap, that's probably some irritation there and some patellofemoral symptoms. Um, that's really the pain that we're talking about. And with running, a lot of times runners won't necessarily feel this during a run unless on hills especially this one's going to be more going up hills. When we talked about IT band syndrome, we talked about going downhill and, you know, like IT band syndrome, most, you know, common on those hilly courses, or you do like a hilly, um, marathon or, you know, the infamous Boston, right. Is like a big decline. Yeah. That is a lot of overload to your IT band. If you're not training hills and strengthening those side hip muscles. Gotcha. Okay. You're saying you're not really going to feel it a ton while you're running. You may feel it on some hills, but really the aftermath, the achiness that you're going to feel when you're not running. Correct. And after the runs, it will kind of settle in there and then you sit for a while and you go to get up. It's painful. You do some squats. You might be trying to squat for strength training, right? We know how important strength training is for running and you're noticing pain with squatting now and you're not able to go as low, and you get down on knees, maybe you have um, young children at home, and you got to pick up those toys, right? And you got to like kneel down, or you're doing some gardening in the yard, and you got to get down on your knees, and you're like, oh man, this hurts my knees. My knees are achy. That's some patellofemoral symptoms that are starting. I know that feeling about when you talk about picking up the kids' toys, or even picking up the kids, you know, I know that all Let's talk about recovering from this injury you know, you already pointed to the specific muscles that we need to work on, but what are some of the strength training that we can do? And beyond strength training, is there anything else we should be doing? Well, the good thing about this condition, Harrison, is just like IT band syndrome, there is no surgery. If you do have too much mobility, so that patellar instability, there is a surgical procedure that a uh, orthopedic surgeon will do like a stabilization procedure. But again, 
most of the folks who are listening to this, there really is not a surgery and this will get better with the steps we're going to talk about. And it usually doesn't take that long. So the good news, again, if you have this uh, injury, you are going to feel much better than your running friends who have plantar fasciitis or your running friends that have Achilles tendon pain or high hamstring tendon pain, because this is not a tendon problem. We know that tendons take longer than other injuries to heal. So this honestly should heal up within a couple of weeks if you implement the strategies we're going to talk about, um, if not months. So if you've had it for months, then it's going to take a couple of months to really go away. But if it's only been happening for a couple of weeks now, then this is going to go away fairly quickly. This is not one of those things that takes six to 12 months to wind up healing. So that's a good thing. And the real key, Harrison, is getting down to the root cause of the pain. Is it hip weakness or is it foot and ankle structure? Meaning most commonly that over pronation. So some of you might've heard the term pronation. Now, first off, let me just kind of state this is that pronation is a normal motion of our foot and ankle. Some people, however, might have what we call over pronation and you might have a flatter foot type. So your arches might be more collapsed. You might've heard that before. Maybe if you went to your running uh, store, your local shoe store, they might've put you in a stability shoe, right? Because you have flatter arches. So if you are that person that overpronates, with that overpronation, your knee dips inward, like you were talking about before, Harrison, and that can lead to that irritation. So you may need to consider on, should I be limiting the amount of pronation or how do I kind of prevent too much pronation? So do I do it through shoes? Do I do it through over-the-counter foot orthotics, arch supports, or strengthening the deep intrinsic foot muscles? So those are all different strategies to control that. But honestly, for most of the folks I see with this condition, we can address that by strengthening your hip muscles that acts as your anti-pronation muscle. So the hip rotators that we were talking about before, if you strengthen them enough, you're going to actually prevent that pronation motion from occurring down at your foot if you take care of it from up above. Interesting. So that's why those external rotators are super important to really implement for treatment as well as quad strengthening. Gotcha. I want to back up for just a real quick second. Is Can you remind me, pronation, that's where you're kind of going on the insides of your feet? Correct. Yeah. So you might land on the outside part of your heel hard. You might like wear away that part of your sneaker, but then you wind up flipping over quickly to the front part of your big toe. And you might really know that you're an overpronator if you have a big callus on the inside part of your big toe. We call that pinch callus. And you might have a big whopping callus not underneath your first uh, toe joint. So like underneath the ball of your first toe, but you have a big callus under your second, third, and fourth toes. Those are kind of signs that you could be a runner who pronates a lot with your running. Okay. And then what's the other one where you're landing on the outside of your feet? So that's called kind of supination. So that would be someone who's got an extremely high arch 
So that's like what we like to call your chandelier shaker. So you walk around your hardwood floors and you're not sneaking up on anyone. People can hear you from like a mile away. Um, you're not sneaking up on anyone. The pronator, the flat foot, the pancake foot, if you will, is like a ninja. You can like walk around your house and no one hears you coming. Gotcha. Okay. So we've got to correct that pronation uh, because that's likely the cause of the runner's knee that we're experiencing or... To your point, we just got to strengthen those hip muscles to to then be able to to ensure that our our knees aren't dipping in, right? Absolutely, and that's where you know it is. There is some debate, just so you know, and your listeners know, on how much of pronation you should correct. I definitely err on the side of less is more. In my runners, in the beginning of my career, I used to correct everyone, and I used to actually fit people for custom foot orthotics. I was a custom foot orthotic wearer for many, many, many years and have run in custom foot orthotics and have actually gradually, gradually, I emphasize that point, weaned myself out to now using over-the-counter super feet uh, orthotics, which, again... It's all a matter of some pronation's good. If you block everything, then that's not normal mechanics of running either. So you can address a lot of these issues, like with a lot of the injured runners I help, is taking care of the hip muscles. And a lot of the problems down below will actually take care of themselves. Let me take a quick pause from this amazing episode to share a really cool product that can help you stay safe while running. Knox Gear's signature product, the Tracer 360, keeps me safe and lit up from all directions during my 5.30 a.m. running, but now the days are getting longer and lighter here in the U.S., and I wanted to take a moment to share with you their amazing little Bluetooth speaker called the 39G because it weighs only 39 grams and is perfect for listening to podcasts like you are now or music during your run, also while keeping you in tune to your surroundings. I actually was fortunate enough to meet one of the creators of Knox Gear, Simon Curran, and Jamie Miles from Knox Gear as they shared Knox Gear's story and how they created their signature product using engineering principles. Pretty cool stuff and an interesting story to say the least. So I invite you to check out episode 43 on the Healthy Runner podcast to hear from the creator himself. Knox Gear is all about runner safety, and I am pumped to have them as a supporter of our healthy runner community, because in case you haven't realized, we are all about runner health and safety here. Running doesn't need to be painful, and it doesn't need to be risky and dangerous. Running should be that outlet providing us the mental clarity we all need to be the best human we can be to those around us, whether it's our family, our coworkers, or those in our communities. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order at noxgear.com to receive 35% off your purchase. Go ahead and give Noxgear a try. Trust me, you will never feel safer. Now let's get back into our episode. So what are some of those exercises that we can do? Yeah, so your standard um, kind of external rotator exercise that many of you may have heard about is like the clamshell where you're lying on your side, your knees are bent to about halfway up. They're not in line with your hips, but they're at like a 45 degree angle and you rotate your knee up to the ceiling, almost like a clam opening up. Uh, That's the standard clamshell exercise, which is a great activation exercise for the hip rotators, but it's only a starting point. 
It's just to teach someone how to feel that deep butt muscle working. And then we quickly progress um, to using a band to add resistance. And then this is honestly, Harrison, I don't see a lot of people in even the running world actually do this. And I'm kind of happy and proud, honestly, of with kind of working with the runners that I've worked with and kind of built into our healthy runner strength program is standing progressions of these muscles. So I've actually designed a couple of custom exercises from just trial and error doing them myself in the gym uh, with a mini band of how to activate those muscles in standing because it's great to be able to do it lying down in a clamshell, but when you run, you're standing and the demands of your muscles are different. And we need to teach you how to activate those muscles while you're standing and while you're on one leg. So there are a series of progressions. Um, I simply call them taps and circles because that's what they look like. You're tapping your leg out to the side. You have a mini band around your knees. And the key to this is you're really focusing on keeping the center of the kneecap straight over your second toe and not letting that kneecap dip inward. And, and that's how you activate those deep hip rotator muscles. And if you want, you know, within the um, PDF of today's talk, I will link all of these exercises I'm talking about. Um, they're available on my YouTube channel, and I'm happy to share them with you guys because these are super important. And again, they're not easily found, honestly, out there uh, within the running world. And I, these are seriously a game changer in many of the runners that I've seen with runner's knee. Well, I can't wait to see those videos. And just if you're tuning into this episode and you haven't heard the last episode, go back and, and tune in at least to the beginning part where Dwayne talks about the PDF that he's sharing. So we'll have that available for you uh, in the show notes for this episode as well. But um, okay, so you gave us a couple of really great exercises. Is there anything else we should be aware of? Any other exercises that that we really want to be making sure that we're doing to fix runner's knee? Um, the other big muscle group, Harrison, is quad strengthening. The hard part about quad strengthening for those that have this pain is it's usually painful to squat. So the squat is a good exercise for your glutes and your quads, but it's usually painful. So the trick to actually rehabbing someone from this injury is to strengthen the quads in with specific exercises that are not increasing pain. So there are some common ones that I like to give um, runners with this. Um, we call this like terminal knee extension that you can isolate the quads, usually in a pain-free position, as well as doing some like side step-ups. And it's all about the angle of your knee and making sure that your kneecap is not traveling in front of your toes. And usually if you bend more from your hip joint, when you do these specific exercises, then that will ensure that you don't have an increase in pain because the whole goal is to strengthen your quads. And how do you actually get your quads stronger? We do that through inhibition of pain. If you're actually having pain while doing the exercises, that actually inhibits your muscles from getting stronger. So you definitely don't want to push through it. This is not one of those syndromes where it's like no pain, no gain. You know, I heard I need to strengthen my quads and I'm just going to go for it no matter how painful it is because that pain you're feeling is causing your body to actually inhibit the quads from contracting. And then you're going to further compensate and feed into your muscle imbalances. Gotcha. Well, lots of knowledge you're dropping on us here, Dwayne. Um, if I'm a runner who has not yet had a runner's knee 
does any of this matter to me? Should I be doing some of these exercises or can I just skip on to the next episode? Um, no, absolutely. Because honestly, this is the most common running related injury out there. So at some point, um, if you're listening to this, most likely you are going to experience runner's knee and we all experience it in different ways. I felt it. This one I've actually, you know, had in the beginning of my running career, but you know, in the past two years, there was probably like two or three days where I felt runner's knee symptoms and I identified them early. I modified my training. Um, the key is you don't need to stop running. And you know, the other common myth, uh, to this Harrison is most runners will feel knee pain and they think that, um, a knee brace is going to help them. Right. And they might go to their local pharmacy and get a knee sleeve. Uh, do not do that whatsoever because that is actually going to probably make the condition worse um, because you're going to actually get in inhibition of your muscles that need to get stronger. So there was actually a huge um, review of the treatment of telephomoral pain syndrome within our PT literature that came out as like clinical practice guidelines. So it synthesizes all the research out there and all of the treatments out there. And it definitively has stated that a brace will not help and you will get as much relief if you actually just put a piece of tape on your skin. Um, so whether or not you want to consider doing some kinesio taping, if I have a runner who has a lot of irritability, their pain levels are a little higher and they have a big goal race in a week or two, or maybe three, then I will do kinesio taping because we know that that will provide pain relief. Again, it will not correct the causative factors, but it could make them feel more comfortable so they can continue running and training and finish out their training program as they start to build in these strengthening exercises that we talked about. But you definitely do not need to stop running if you have runner's knee. So if you've been told, hey, it's called runner's knee, like running caused you to have this pain. No, that's not really true that you need to stop running. You might need to modify your running plan a little bit. And this one, honestly, slight modifications. If you're doing speed work, let's take the speed work out for a week. So if you're doing intervals around the track, if you're doing tempo runs, let's, I'll tell my runners, let's hold off for this week. You're going to start doing these exercises. Those are the, pretty much the ones we talked about, Harrison. And then your long run, I know you've been doing eight or you've been doing 10 on the weekends. Let's cut those back by two miles. So either have them do six or have them do eight. And then most likely that will result in a 50% reduction in symptoms in that week. And you know you're on the right track. And then the following week, you might even be able to ramp back up a little bit, start to add in speed work, maybe not as hard of an effort session, not as many repeats as they were doing if they were doing intervals and you're kind of monitoring the symptoms. And what you're going to see is you implement the strategies that were the root cause of why they had pain. And you're going to get back to running like you were in, honestly, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So this is actually from like a physical therapy perspective, pretty easy and simple to treat as long as you really do the strengthening exercises that we talked about. Well, very well said and, and very well done, Dwayne. Everybody check out this PDF that we're going to share here in the show notes. And uh, next time we're going to talk about one that I know you've probably experienced or you know somebody who has shin splints. Uh, but thanks again, Dwayne, for joining us and fantastic job talking about runner's knee here. As always, Harrison, this was fun. Thanks again for having me. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at Spark Your Training. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.